Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. It is the Oz Network coming to you once again for another Breaking Bad recap episode. We're up to the fourth episode of the fifth season, the quarter point. Is that right? Mass correct? Yes, it is. The quarter point of season five. 51, even though it's the 50th episode. That's not annoying at all. Um... First aired on the 5th of August 2012. It was written by Sam Catlin and directed by Movies Ryan Johnson, the guy who destroyed Star Wars. Shut up, he did, Nick. Uh, and it's the second of three episodes that that man has done. Uh, we all remember the first that he did, the only one I've binned. But for once, I might be actually liking something Ryan Johnson did because I like this episode. I'm excited to talk about it. My name is Ben and I'm the guy. My name's not Ken. You don't hand mash? I, I, I do, but um I just I wasn't gonna talk about that on air. Um <laughs> Yeah, I I I like this episode. Um I love the scene that everybody hates in this episode. Shut up, it's a great scene. <laughs> now I know what all these fans of Ryan Johnson and The Last Jedi are like where they can defend something that he did. Um <laughs> Lydia is in this episode. Um, Skylar is the best thing about this episode. Anna Gunn is just incredible. Um, there's just oh, there's so much to I like wanna, about this episode. I want to get your T-shirt that's like, I love Ryan Johnson after you kind of review yeah. this one. But, um, <laughs> well, um, I mean, I'm not going to hate on him for his next episode either. So, I mean, you know, look, look <laughs> yeah, out. Ben's right, yeah. fandom of Ryan Johnson. Then I'll just go watch The Last Jedi and realise what a dick he is. <laughs> Now, um, before we start, Ben, I actually have got something I want to show you. Um, it's a bit of a surprise for you, and obviously the listeners won't know, but I'm going to show it up to you and see if you can see this. Oh, he's bought the book! But I bought the uh, <laughs> I, I bought. It was it was I think it was like ten dollars online or something. So this is the, the baking bed, the um, the cookbook. Um, so what I didn't realise is that the the recipes are incredibly intricate. So I'm not sure how many I'm going to be making, <laughs> but we do have a blue meth. You can make your own edible blue meth. Nice. Um, what is it though? Like the sugar or something? Is it? Yeah, I think it's just sugar and, and like yeah, um, corn syrup and and um, it says do not use chili powder. Um, <laughs> it's only for amateurs. Um, and yeah, and you obviously put blue food coloring into it. There's a few good ones. There's um, the um, the the um, bathtub from season oh, yeah. one, which is yeah, yep. So it's quite good. And um, just thinking of one from season four, which is uh, I don't want to spoil anything from season five, so I'm just trying to find some good ones from season four. Does it have a face off uh, thing like a half a, ring? Oh, it does. There you go. Straight away, fring yeah, pop. Yeah, we got a fring, a fring pop. Yeah, so yeah. Now you some, said you weren't going to buy it. Uh, you yeah, said um, that you weren't that much of a fan. But what what changed your mind? Was it the ten dollar fact, or just thought now nah, I've got to have it? Yeah, that was the. It was definitely. It was definitely the ten dollar fact. So uh, yeah, so um, I'll, I'll definitely find something that's easy enough to make, and, and definitely have a crack at making one. There's a there's some Schrader brownies, which are <laughs> um, basically brownies with with that you make with beer. So maybe I'll have a go at that because that looks pretty easy. But um, I did want to make some blue meth at some point, but I uh, might need to get it like a little um, temperature gauge and stuff like that. Um, yeah, there's some cool stuff in here. So that's yeah, for ten cool. bucks, it, yeah, I didn't feel like I was I was losing too much, even if net it was. Net. Next time crap. I'm in New Zealand, I'm going to have to uh, break off the keto for you to cook me some fring pops. <laughs> yeah, that's um, right. Yeah. I, kind of, I kind of want fring pops, so uh, there you go. <laughs> but, um, I mean, look, you're, you're, you obviously were a bit more defensive of Mr. Johnson uh, back in uh, Fly, and I know your, your opinions on Last Jedi differ to mine. Um, but, I mean, it's, it's kind of interesting because, like, Everybody, I feel, talks about him for directing Fly and Aussie Manus, but they always forget about this one because there's, there's a third mm. one that he does, and it's this one. Um, and 
I mean, compared to those two, no matter what you say about Fly, it's a memorable episode for either the right or the wrong reasons. And obviously Ozymandias, again, like, you know, no one has ever said anything bad about that episode in anyone's life because it's an amazing episode. But, um, yeah, this is the other one that he did, did, Nick. So, I mean, 51. Besides, it's so annoying that it's not the 51st episode. What's what's your take on it? Um, I probably don't love it as much as you. Um, what I would say is that I'm starting to get a little bit I'm bored's not the right word, but I'm starting to get anxious for the plot to move forwards a little bit. And I feel like this one is one where things maybe don't move as much as I might like them to. Having said that, there's one completely standout um, scene in this episode that is amazing. Um, yeah, yeah, maybe. Um, <laughs> but, and, 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 yeah, I think probably um, it, it's interesting to me, like, um, without tipping my hand too much, I think next week's episode is maybe not as good as people think it is. Um, and so I think I've kind of got a couple of episodes here. I just want things to get moving and it feels like it's it's a little bit stuck. But having said that, you know, as we talked about last week, you know, sometimes the slower episodes are still really fun and there's some great stuff in this episode as well. So um, I'm a little bit on the fence with where I sit with it. So I'm looking forward to having the conversation and, and see where I end up at the end of it. So it's a very Ryan Johnson episode. Basically, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Like, just uh, it it fits in with everything that this guy does. Um, which it's kind of it's 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 weird to think that everybody now. I'm sure if you ever met the guy or talked to him, if we got him on the other. What are you going to talk? Are you going to talk about Star Wars? Like this guy's legacy will always be Star Wars. But like, you just you think about his legacy though with this show. Um, because you know I think a large reason why he got Star Wars wasn't it was the work that he did on Breaking Bad. Um, and I mean, he is so tied to two very prominent episodes of this show. It's just, again, you've also got this one, Uh, (laughs) which, but but it's it's interesting though, because like we talked last week about how it maybe doesn't have a standard. You don't necessarily remember, uh, hazard pay, but this one, you just have to say like, there's what, two scenes in this episode that you would say, oh, that episode. Yeah. Like Skylar in the pool and bonfire. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I know the episode you're talking about now. Um, but let's get let's get into the opening. God, I've been waiting fifty damn episodes to talk about this scene. <laughs> so, um, Walt is at the dealership or the mechanic, the cars. What happened? I forgot what happened to the car again. Like, is this since he ran over the dealer? Something happened to the car again, didn't it? No, this is this is the, the, when he had the crash. You know, when he had the deliberate crash with with Hank when they were oh, going to the um the laundromat. Of course, of course. Thank you. I knew there was something obvious. I was uh, forgetting. So, um, the car is all being fixed. Basically, insurance is paid for it. I love this mechanic guy going over everything here. Like, uh, oh, this happened, and uh, oh, there was some gunk in there. But I remember that's when you hit the deer, and you're like, oh yeah, the deer. Um, and I like it's like oh we got the paint interesting color choice uh, and then the the best line of course is a uh, didn't have to change the windshield this time uh, <laughs> which you know how many times has he had to change it uh, and basically that um, you know we kind of get another line we got the freeze good or whatever it was from the opening episode of this season we kind of get another line here when he says like oh gotta love free or whatever it is and this mechanic's in love with this car he would love Survivor. He's all like, oh, they don't make them like they used to. <laughs> to I bet you can get another 200,000 miles on this one. Oh, well, off you go. And then sort of Walt sees his hat and he's just kind of like, uh, how much would you give me for it? He's like, oh, you know, I'm not really looking to buy it. Would you give me 50 bucks for it? And he's like, uh, okay, I'll just go check the register. And I kind of love like Walt Jr. here and he's just kind of like, oh, dad, like, you know, are you, are you crazy? And then you sort of see him close the door, put his hat on, and then we start hearing the beats of a great song. Shut up. It's a great song. Bonfire by Knife Party. Now, I have to say, I'm actually a big fan of Knife Party. I do love them, and I love this song. Uh, So maybe it's why it's my type of music. Bit of dubstep going on here in Breaking Bad. Um, They rock up into the the driveway. We've got uh, Walter Jr. and his shitty old uh, PT Cruiser. Uh, while Walt's bought himself a brand new, what is it, a Chrysler 300 I'm seeing here. And we kind of just get this moment where they're kind of staring at each other and Walt's kind of like, oh, yeah, what do you think? And you see Walter Jr. just kind of like, yeah, you know, it's okay. And then all of a sudden, nah, we're going to go back to the uh, the Dodge Challenger that uh, Walter Jr. wanted and we just get this like, I can maybe see why people don't like it because it is kind of weird editing. I remember watching this for the first time going, oh, that's strange. You're not expecting that. 
where you've kind of got this back and forth between the cars as you've got the music going, boom, no, 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 no. Like, you know, you love your dubstep. I know you do, Nick. It's what you listen to all the time. <laughs> and just kind of this weird, like, look on their faces. Like, you got, I don't know if it's Walter Jr.'s sex face or something like that. Like, he just looks like he's orgasming in the car. <laughs> and then you've got Walt kind of, like, having this real, like, yeah, boy, like, revving the cars up back and forth between the grills. And it kind of just ends with Walt just kind of, like, this kind of, like, nod as he's, like, banging his hands on the wheel. Like, I love this scene. I know it's not going to make the top five at the end of this season. I've marked it down because I want to give it an honourable mention because you remember this scene. Whether you hate or love this scene, you know this scene. The song is great. It's weird. It's dumb. But this might be the best thing I've ever seen Ryan Johnson do. I love Bonfire. I love it. I think um, when we when we started this endeavour, I, I never thought I would hear the word Walsh Junior Sex Face ever. <laughs> <laughs> Well, come on, it's a bit sex facey from Walter Jr. <laughs> You're not wrong. But, yeah, I, I think, um, like, I, I, I don't love this, but I don't hate it either. It's kind of just, like, it's so weird. Like, it just it, it is the most bizarre thing, I think, on this entire show because it just feels like it just doesn't fit at all. And, you know, it's so Ryan Johnson, really, isn't it? Like, it's so mm. broom boy or, you know, whatever, like, just like this weird <laughs> thing that kind of doesn't really fit. Um, Mary Poppins it, layer. It's a bit of fun. And, and <laughs> yeah, and I, I think it's I think it's things like the, the you know, the shot where it's kind of like in front of the grill and, like, the camera shakes like this. Yeah, and, with like, the music. To me, that's kind of like, it's, that, yeah, yeah. It's kind of just like quite a weird you know, kind of way to, to kind of present it. Um, so the idea of the, you know, these guys getting these cars and, and, you know, like geeking out over their cars and stuff is I've got no particular problem with that. I think it's quite fun. And, you know, I think as I kind of might've mentioned last episode, like we're getting dark and we're only going to get darker. So any opportunity to have a little bit of fun, I'm definitely for it. So yeah, I mean, I, I, I definitely don't hate it, but it's probably not one I go like, yeah, I love the scene. It's just a bit weird to be totally honest. Like it's just, just strange. It just doesn't feel like it fits in the Breaking Bad universe. I mean, that's the thing. Like, I totally agree with you. I really do because I again remember watching this for the first time, going like, "That's odd. What the hell is that?" But like, it's just, it's one of those endearing things, which is like, it just, it's just so weirdly entertaining. And like, I've got to imagine that they did this with the song in mind because it's the way it's kind of like edited back and forth. I don't know. Like, do they choose this song and like Vince Gilligan's like, fuck, I love Knife Party. Fuck, I love Bonfire. We're going to use it somewhere. So like, you know, go on, Ryan Johnson, use it. I want you to use it. Of all the people, Ryan Johnson, future Star Wars director, you can do it. Um, But it's just, it's just weird. And it's just, it's odd. And like, as much as it's Walter Jr.'s sex face, like I love like Brian Cranston, just the way he's kind of like just, He's just loving it. He's just almost like the Joker. He's just hysterically laughing at the fact that he can finally enjoy his riches and, yeah. you know, just like going completely crazy. Something that is just, it's just building on the Walt character of just how he's almost like a megalomaniac all of a sudden. And it's just, it's just fun. It's just, it's just weirdly fun. And yes, you say like stuff is going to get so dark in this show. And like, this is just one of these little random moments that I just, I just, I just love it. I, I'm sorry, Breaking Bad fans. You can tune out now that I'm defending Bonfire, but it's great. I love it. I love the song. Shut up. I want to listen to it right now. It's been stuck in my head ever since I, it always just gets stuck in my head. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I think it's probably, you know, like one of the, the more kind of, I don't know if famous is the right word, but at least it's some kind of notable song like all the rest of the music and this thing is so like obscure and i feel like this is at least one that most people may have heard once or twice in their life before i don't know but it doesn't feel quite so obscure as maybe some of the others too 2012 when dubstep was cool right so you know like <laughs> yeah maybe is that like a line from deadpool too like <laughs> i feel like that's a line from deadpool too. <laughs> probably probably would be um, oh, but you think it could get better? We've got Lydia back. Yay. Um, dubstep and Lydia. <laughs> People's kryptonite. And you're saying maybe. This is a good episode. Ryan Johnson, Lydia, and dubstep. 
Imagine selling that to some people who've never watched this show before. Like, um, but Lydia's on a what a conference call with Germany, basically, and she's just frustrated. She realized she's wearing um, mismatched shoes, which I, I love the fact that Hank notices this because I don't think I ever noticed this until like my second or third viewing. Like, I don't know what I'm looking at when she looks at her shoes and she's kind of like, oh. But like, I don't know. Like, it's kind of obvious when you look at it now. But uh, I kind of like how Hank kind of realizes that. Um, She's a phone I, bloke. I, I went out to my 30th birthday party and, and um, mismatched shoes. Did you? Deliberately, though? No, no. Same thing as Lydia. Like, one of them was brown and one of them was black. They're both, like, kind of, <laughs> like, slip-on <laughs> shoes. And I, like, just kind of, like, you know, went to my garage and just, like, chucked two shoes on and just assumed that the two next to each other were a matching pair. And it wasn't until I, like, got to, the like, the pub that we were at, I was like... Oh, this is a bit awkward. Like, obviously, wow. early dementia sitting in. Yeah. I I deliberately used to wear mis- mismatched shoes as a choice for a large portion of my style. Yeah. Because, well, it was, it actually was based, it was a Formula One driver who used to wear odd colored shoes for good luck. He used to wear a red and a blue boot deliberately. So I kind of like, I like this Formula One driver and I like that. So I think I had a red right. shoe and a gray shoe. So I, and of course, what did people always say to me? You're wearing mismatched shoes. Oh, really? Um, so it made people talk to me, Nick. People wanted to talk to me. All right. Um, but anyway, Lydia's on the phone to Germany. <laughs> She's a phone ring, a phone vibrate. Mike is on the phone to her and is basically like, I'm at work. And it's like, well, you've got 30 seconds. The DA are about to show up. So, uh, Hank and Gomi show up and they're here to ask her some questions. So this is in, we're in Houston again, aren't we? Because, um, Lydia says yeah. that, uh, oh no, Hank says like, oh, we met briefly in Albuquerque. Um, which I kind of like, always forget that Lydia is not in Albuquerque, which I kind of like, like, I don't know if we really talk too much about that when we're at a house, the other episode, but like, it's kind of like, it's cool to think that, you know, there's a lot more going on outside of Albuquerque because obviously there is with this sort of empire that Fring had set up in Germany and everything that we had at the beginning of the season. Um, so they're there to arrest, uh, Lydia's guy, um, the poor guy, Ron, um, so he's obviously the guy who kind of helps transport the, uh, methylamine and, uh, basically Lydia rings up Mike and is like, what have you done? Like, you know, um, you've cut off my supply. I don't have a guy. What am I going to do here? And, uh, I love Mike. I'll get you a new guy. Um, I actually, one thing I will say, and I really like this moment with Lydia, I, I actually have to say I love the moment where she kind of walks back into the office and she closes the, the blinds and she just calmly picks up the pillow. Like, I have to say I like that moment. Like, I, I do, like, Lydia, for the most part, annoys the shit out of me, but I do like this moment where she kind of just, like, breaks down into the pillow. That's kind of fun. You you do that all the time at your new job, don't you, Nick? You're like, ah, this new job. Actually, don't answer that. I don't want you to get fired. <laughs> it's, 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 um, it, it feels like quite a, a natural reaction that people might have, though, like, when they're trying to, like, mask that they've got these, you know, like, something bad's happening and they don't want everybody to see that, like, you might take a moment and do this when nobody's watching. So, it, it yeah. feels relatable. Yeah, yeah. Um, we got this uh, dinner scene now. Not a breakfast scene, a dinner scene. Uh, Skylar, Walton Walter Jr. I like kind of like Skylar coming up and seeing the cards and we've got this like sticker on the uh, the windshield, this New Mexico. Now, I don't know, um, I had this conversation recently with Colin on an episode of 24, Download Now, which uh, I guess by the time you're listening to this, that episode aired like six months ago. So like it just goes a discrepancy here of how long we do between these episodes. But there's this weird thing, like, you know, when you watch a movie, and like in America, and they generally go license and registration, right? And they've got to pull their registration out of their glove box. Now, if I'm not mistaken, when I lived in New Zealand, I don't ever remember having to have registration in your glove box. Like it just wasn't a thing. In Australia, we had stickers until recently. We would have stickers on our like windshield. And then only in the last like five or so years, I think it's now all tied to your, your license plate, right? So like the cops, yeah. you don't need to show that stuff. When I was in Canada, I had like this weird situation. And, I don't, and again, I don't know if this is a, a countrywide thing or it was just a province I was living in. That you, when you buy a car, you have to like go and like you legally cannot drive without insurance. So you have to like, if I went to your house, like Nick, I'm buying your car, you have to come with me down to the, the Service New Zealand or whatever it's called and basically um, go in there with me to transfer it over, and then they have to take the license plate off your car and give you new license plates because it's a weird thing that you 
don't just have a license plate tied to your car. You've got to get a new license plate every time you've got a new owner. It's very confusing and very weird and very hard to understand. Because I remember we bought a car and it was all like, oh, we've got to go get insurance. I'm like, well, we, you know, you have to legally. We've got to get a, we had to get a, we had to get a temporary one day insurance and a license plate so that we could drive to Walmart the next day to then get another license plate and proper insurance. It That's was very weird. confusing. So I don't know. The point, the reason I bring this up is I don't know if this is why you've got like this sticker on the car, this New mm. Mexico, because it looks like a license plate. And I'm guessing that maybe they just haven't gotten around to putting it on or if it's a lease. I don't know. But uh, it just reminded me of this awkwardly weird thing you have to do in Canada when it comes to getting your car registered and buying a car. It's like we got a car from a dealership. So that was a bit easier because they had everything in the dealership the next time. But when you're buying it privately, it's fucking weird. Weird Canadians. Yeah, bloody, bloody Canadians. But um, this dinner scene basically is uh, Walton Walton Jr., you know, oh, my car's faster. No, my car's faster. It's not about horsepower. It's about how you drive it. Oh, I'm going to do burnouts. No, no, we're not going to do it. It's actually like I do like it because I kind of like a good sort of father-son scene between Walton and Walter Jr. I like it kind of when Walter Jr. leans in to shake his hand. It's like, oh, that doesn't count. You didn't shake on it. Um, and then we get Skylar and Walt brushing their teeth and flossing um, and sort of Walt, explains that um, essentially that, uh, you know, I, I did it. It was a lease. Um, so this is, um, you know, like this is fine. It fits in with our story. Don't worry. Call it a birthday present. I, one thing I will say, shouldn't he be getting Skylar a new car? She's still driving the freaking Marge Simpson. <laughs> like, you know, like a bit selfish of you there, Walt. I think your wife needs a new car too. Come on. Why couldn't she have the PT Cruiser? Like just be like, hey, I've gotten the, the, the Dodge uh, for for Walt Junior, you can have the PT Cruiser. There you go. It's more of a Skylar car. Let's be honest. Yeah. Um. But uh, Walt gives her another twenty thousand dollars, and then basically this is the first time that Skylar really knows that uh, he's back in the drug game. And then I actually really like a lot of what I really like about this episode is just the acting, and it's just this moment here where Walt's kind of just in bed reading, and Skylar's just like, "Hey, like." thinking about, like, boarding school. Let's send Walter Jr. off there and in Arizona. And I kind of just like this little subtle moment, the way that it's kind of like Walt's just kind of like, oh, and where are we going to send Holly? The Peace Corps? And kind of just, like, gives Skylar just, like, a little nudge. Like, it's just – it's so natural. It's just so believable. It's just – literally you don't think these people are acting. You think this is a real couple you are watching. It just – it fits so well. And obviously Skylar's just wanting to get the kids out of the house. You know, it's going to be a theme of this episode. I want them in a new environment. And um, I do kind of like this moment when Walt's just kind of like cuddling up to her and it's just kind of like, you know, it's it's my birthday. I'd like a chocolate cake. <laughs> Let's do this. And Skylar, again, is just terrified. She's just laying there with just this absolutely terrified look on her face. Oh, I love it. It's so good. And uh, maybe I'll lump the breakfast scene in here too because, of course, we'd have a breakfast scene. It's been a while. We've got the um, the bacon bit where Skylar doesn't do the 51 and kind of Walter Jr.'s all like, oh, it's tradition. Come on, mum. And then does this tiny little uh, one for a one and then kind of swaps it over with uh, Walter Jr.'s one. It's kind of a funny scene. And props here to RJ Mitty. I love his acting here. We're just kind of like, uh, like, what the hell? No, this isn't fair. And again, Skylar, just frustrated because, you know, she's just kind of having to play happy family when clearly she's just uh, not into it at all. So, But as you said, uh, and I'm sure you'll talk about it in a minute, kind of this is a real time frame, isn't it, that this is 51. We know at the beginning of this season we got a flash four that was his 52nd birthday. So pretty much from this point on we've got a year to get to cover somehow from this point on to what we get to what we saw in the opening episode. And as you said last week, it's not often something we see in this show. It's kind of a, a direct... Like, this is the time. This is where we're at, which is interesting. And it's also interesting to think that it has now officially been a year since the pilot episode. So 50 episodes into this show, and we're only now crossing the 12-month mark of when it started, which is fascinating because you would assume it's been five years since the first season, but no, it hasn't. It's like 24, but yeah, like per week, 52. Yeah, exactly. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah. And, it's, and it's 51 episodes. That's a very good point, actually. That's that's a solid point. That that works in very well. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's good stuff. I think kind of the um, I, I like how you talk about it being quite a natural kind of um dialogue between Walton Skyler, that kind of bedroom scene, because um, I think it's a setup scene for what we get at the end, because she's talking about you know, oh, we could send you know send them to a different do that to the kids in a different environment, and we're going to send Walt should we send Walt Junior to a um, a boarding school for his last year, and, and Walt obviously thinks this is a bit strange, which you can kind of understand. So, um, yeah, I think that that's you know th that's quite an interesting 
scene for, for later on and then yeah the, the breakfast scene is great and and that it kind of sets us into a time frame and and obviously you know it takes us back to you know the opening scene from this the season which is Walt doing the you know the 52 and, and the mystery behind you know what's happened in that that what we now know to be over a year since we kind of come back to him and I think that that's quite good. It kind of like starts to to put a bit of a time frame around this because yeah, it, it, it is quite hard to sometimes get your bearings in terms of how quick things are happening or how slow they're happening. And so I, I do like that it's a it's a point in time we can actually just kind of mark it. And I, I think that that's quite quite a nice thing. Um, and yeah, you kind of see a little bit of like you know while it's holding Holly while this is happening, you can see that you know they've got a slightly older baby in now and this kind of cute little baby. And, and you know, so you kind of getting a bit more of a you know times moving a little bit, which is quite nice. Yeah, and um, it's it's also just it's kind of interesting how you just got this sort of natural like you know you got this whole plot about get the kids away, but like you're really starting to get some really good like father son moments. It's kind of like again, it's sort of from Skylar's perspective, but from everybody else, it's just kind of like well, he's just been a good dad. Like you know, he's kind of having a good time here with his kids, and it's sort of yeah, interesting that um, we get Hank. He's not filming uh, under the dome this week. Is Dean Norris? So here he is. He's back. <laughs> um, he's out of the dome for once. Here he is. He's a uh, Back into Albuquerque, um, and uh, Hank and Gomi are going over the kind of the the old trope of the TV kind of wall of crime with the ribbons and the who's connected here. And, oh, it's right in front of me. I can feel it. I can feel it right now. See, um, which I kind of like. Like I've always wanted to have one of these diagram things with ribbons, and I don't know what I would do. Like the Oz Network, Nick is connected to this person. I don't know. Um, and kind of trying to work it out, and they're sort of talking about how that they're is a bit of the blue meth is back on the streets. I don't know if it's uh, starting up again or if it's some old inventory. Um, and then we meet uh, Raimi. Is this his name here I'm seeing here? Sack Raimi, S-A-C Raimi, um, wants to speak to to Hank. And uh, Hank is a new ASAC. So we talked about how our old ASAC, we're not going to see him again. Well, that's because Hank's him, basically. He's going to get his new job. Um Which I always forget that Hank kind of gets his promotion, that he kind of gets his role back. So, uh I love how his line is kind of like, oh, my wife would kill me if I didn't take it. So, uh, absolutely. Which is kind of weird because I love how this guy is basically like, oh, so it's position, uh, it's, it's opening up. And if you put in an application, we can tell you that you will get it. It's like, well, why does he still have to apply? <laughs> like, I get it. There's protocols. It's one of these weird things. It's like how, like, what, legally a, a company will have to advertise for a job even though they've already given it to someone else, right? Like, you know, so yeah. I, I guess kind of there's protocols to follow. Um Meanwhile, Walt and Jesse are packing up early. Oh, well, they're packing up for the day. And I kind of like this little moment where Walt just says to Jesse, like, it's my birthday. I'm, I'm, do you mind if you pack up? And we don't really get a lot of Jesse this episode, do we? This is a very shortened Jesse episode. Um, yeah. Walt goes home expecting a big party, but basically no one's there. And uh, Walter Jr. just watching TV. And uh, Walt just kind of goes to Skylar, like, so what's happening? And Skylar's like, I've cooked a chicken. Hank and Maria coming over and, uh, yeah, there's a chocolate cake, as you requested. Um, and maybe I'll just lump in Hank and Marie drive over to uh, to Walton, Skylar and Walter Juniors. And, uh, Marie, I should have really mentioned last episode that when Walt sort of told Marie about the Ted and Skylar affair, like, don't tell anyone. And, of course, Marie tells <laughs> tells Hank here, who's wearing a very interesting, like, you talk about those, like, Charlie Sheen bowling shirts. He's wearing, like, some weird, like, is it a Hawaii? I don't even know what shirt this is. Um, but, uh, again, just a natural acting scene. It's just, it just it feels like a natural conversation between a married couple on the way to somebody's house, you know? Like, it just doesn't feel like you're watching a TV show. Uh, but she basically says to Hank that, yeah, they're having some troubles because Skylar was having an affair. And I, I love Hank basically like, oh, I knew Walt was doing it, the second cell phone, all that kind of stuff. But, uh no, so um, yeah, again, a couple of filler scenes here. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I think um, you know, and some some quite interesting scenes. I think um, you know, the one where Hank kind of gets the promotion is an interesting one because you know, look, he's told, hey, this means that you'll have to give up this case. You know, you won't be the one who will be directing this case anymore. There'll be, you know, you'll have a number of cases that you're having to oversee, and um, you know, that's going to be a big deal for Hank. You know, and, and his ability to be able to to let go of this thing that's been an obsession of his will be something that kind of drives his story over the next few episodes. You know, so um, I, th- I think that. 
that's quite a, an interesting little plot point here as well. Um, yeah, I mean, I agree. I think the, the acting's really good here. I like even just that little moment of kind of like Walt gets out of the car and he's, you know, he's expecting there to be like a surprise birthday party and he kind of like, you know, brushes his beard and checks his glasses and stuff in the in the reflection of the car, you know, because he's expecting that everybody's going to be looking at him in a minute and um, and they're not. Uh, you know, like he kind of arrives home and nothing's happening is, is really good. And um, yeah, I think the kind of the, the, the conversation between Marie and Hank is, is good. I, I, I do love that they're actually in a car filming this, you know, that you actually do see the, you know, the camera from outside the windscreen kind of, you know, filming them. There's some kind of quite cool angles and, and, and things here. And, you know, I think we're often a little bit kind of blase about often these scenes in a car are shot on a green screen and, you know, they're actually not driving anywhere. And it's quite obvious that they are they're physically driving, doing this acting while they're driving, which I think is, is quite cool. It's just a nice little touch, really. Which is I always I'm fascinated by these scenes, whether or not, because like it's kind of interesting to look at the angles of again whether or not like Marie, um, you know Betsy Brain is driving, or maybe they've like hooked this up as they often do, like on the back of a flatbed to kind of like do the angles. So kind of like you know she just has to pretend to be driving. Um, but uh, yeah, it would it'd be because like that's a lot of things that fascinates me about movies and TV shows is when they do sort of these you know scenes because obviously it's not one continuous take. There'd be different cuts involved and kind of like let's do here, let's do there, and like. Imagine like the the cutting involved of like a, a scene like driving, like okay, pick it up from here, because then you've also got to realize if you're doing this for real that like matching the exterior shots and everything yeah, on those continuity. lines, yeah. Because particularly in this day and age where people like us are doing a show like this, we're gonna be like, well, that house was red, and then they cut to a scene and you can see it was blue. <laughs> we're way um, too lazy for that. And obviously they're not going to get it perfect every single time around, but um, yeah, no, I, I I agree with you. Um. We get the dinner table scene, which this, it's interesting. This scene, like I, I, I'll just say right now, marking this as a top five for one obvious moment. But I've, I've seen criticism of this scene too, and I think I don't know if that just comes down to the fact that people just hate Skylar. Um, but they're all kind of around the table and they're talking about Walter Junior's car, and Walter Junior's like, "Hey, I'm going to go off and drive it now." And I love kind of like Hank's uh, line here, where he says like, "Hey, great thing for my birthday, I'm going to treat myself to a fighter plane." <laughs> like kind of just the way he kind of says that. And then this is you talk about like passage of time. This is. I kind of like this moment where they just start talking about the fact that Walt's just basically like, hey, like, you know, it's been a year since I was diagnosed. Like, and again, like, let's remind everyone that he's got cancer. Um, Like, tomorrow was the day. And just kind of this great sort of, you know, conversation that he's having about how, like, oh, a lot has happened since then. And this is where they're like, oh, remember the pillow? Like, I remember the pillow. Like, (laughs) kind of, it's almost just like a breaking bag, greatest hits. Remember this scene. Remember that scene. But even just, like, this moment where sort of Walt's just talking about, like, oh, remember the night, first night I came home and I was puking on the toilet? Like, this scene would be a great scene already, even if it doesn't involve what's obviously the main part of this is kind of Skylar just loses it. (laughs) She... Staring at the pool, and again, Anna Gunn is just amazing. She doesn't even have to say a freaking word, and she's literally just the way you just you just feel this desperation. You feel everything in her just slowly starts walking into the pool. And I kind of is it Hanky says like, "Oh, it's a bit cold for a dip, don't you think?" Like, "Oh, maybe we all need to join you or whatever it is." And essentially, she just walks in the pool, and I guess it's implied that it's a suicide attempt, but uh, it's kind of meant to be a bit questionable and. Walt jumps in and sort of gets her, and I love the music and just the way it's all edited. It's it's great. I, I've marked it down as a potential top five. Again, I doubt it's going to make it because there's an even stronger scene in this episode to come. But um, ah, oh, it's just it's just great. I cannot applaud Anna Gunn enough just for this whole sequence here when literally she basically doesn't say a freaking word. Yeah, I think I think one of the things that I've kind of missed on the show is, is these kind of, you know, family dinner scenes that we, we haven't really had any for a while. And they were such a big part of the first kind of two, three seasons of the show. And so I, I like to have it back. And, and you, I think it's kind of well written and that you can see the difference, you know, that you can see that there is stress and tension now that that wasn't there in these scenes initially. So that people have changed. And, and I do like that. Um, I, I there's a couple of kind of artistic choices I really like in the scene, which is, you know, when Walt starts doing his monologue and it's actually kind of like, you know, it's him and you can see, you know, Skylar, the, the back of Skylar behind him and it kind of slowly pulls in, to, you know, to bring the two of them into focus. And I think it's a, just a really cool decision on the shot and the kind of slow pull in, I think, is really quite good. And the other thing I love is when you do get the kind of close-up of Skylar while Walt's talking, 
is, you know, she's obviously standing face in the pool and so her face is blue. And, you know, anytime you get that, you know, colour being a big part of Breaking Bad and obviously blue being an especially important colour on the show that, you know, like her whole life has been transformed because of the blue, you know, dealing with the blue. And so I think that that's um, a, a cool little artistic choice that I really like for the for the scene. Um, I think, you know, that one of the things about this is that, you know, my Breaking Bad book that I've got, there's a, um, you know, like a, almost like a full page, like almost like a comic book kind of splash page, you know, of, of this, you know, of, of Skylar under the water. And, and, you know, artistically, I think it's a beautiful shot. And, mm. you know, the kind of look on her face of being, you know, like it's the, the first time she's really been at peace, you know, within herself or, or had, you know, any control over an action of her own for such a long time, which is, I think, the point of it. I don't think you're ever supposed to think she's trying to commit suicide. I think it's more that she wants to feel something. It's the kind of, you know, the reason people slit their wrists or, you know, like cut themselves up you know like that kind of thing um almost takes me back to the sean mcnamara uh giving himself some you know some cuts on his arms oh, and yeah. stuff, you know, that, that, that kind one. of thing so i think it's the kind of you know it's you know she, it, it allows her to have a moment of control which she just has none of her own control and i love the kind of last you know two or three frames which is where you kind of see walt dive in from the side and you know you don't see who get pulled out you just see this kind of you know you, you just see walt kind of coming from the side which i really like i think it's a it's a cool little artistic choice um yeah i mean I, I i i don't love it maybe as much as you do or or um as maybe some do but i i recognize that it's a very memorable scene um and you know like especially from a visual perspective it's one that people think a lot about so i've got to respect it from that from that perspective i think I also really love like everything you said and I, I love that bit when she's underwater and you kind of get that shot of Marie from the pool and you kind of yeah. get like muffled like it's like we've all ducked our head under a pool or like in mm. the bath like and you just you know what it's like when you kind of got like a muffled world view and it's just it's just great you you get taken into that moment and yeah the art- the shot of just like her under the water it's just it's amazing and her dress kind of like floating up and just yeah it's it's really cool um yeah, Lydia again. Uh, so this is uh, Jesse's the guy again. Not a lot of not a lot of Jesse in this episode, but he's gotten on a plane from Albuquerque to Houston, uh, and then again, I, I kind of like I do like the interaction here with like Lydia's like, "Hey, who the hell are you?" Like you know, and I love Jesse like, "Hey, lady, like I've got a fourteen hour drive back to Albuquerque." You know, like come on, let's get this over and done with. Um, and then basically clarifies that oh, Mike Ermintrout sent me and blah 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 blah. So um, they go to get the barrel of methylamine, and uh, we kind—I like how we see the yellow bee. Uh, like it's kind of a throwback to you know Jesse. Like I just go for the barrel with the yellow bee on it. I, I kind of like that. Um, and we see, oh, there's a tracking device on it. Oh no, this is bad news. Um, but as obviously we're going to find out that uh, this is exactly uh, Lydia's way of trying to get out of uh, having to be involved in this anymore. Um, and sort of the ramifications from Skylar's little pool plunge. Uh, Walt and uh, Hank are just having a conversation over the table saying that she should get some help. And uh, Hank admits that he knows about Ted and uh, kind of Marie comes on there and has a bit of a chat about it. And what's her therapist's name? Like, what, what is it? Actually, I like that line Hank says, like, oh, we can suggest you as a Dan or something like that. We can pass on the uh, the name. Not that Marie's exactly a poster child for mental health or something like that. <laughs> Wow, I love, the, I love the line where like she comes in and she tries to pretend like you know like about the whole Ted Benicky thing, and Hank's just like he knows I know, you know, like it yeah. just, like, just cracks me up. <laughs> yeah, I like, and I also like that bit when um, I think Hank says it, and you kind of just see like Walt rolling his eyes. Um, but obviously, we kind of get back to this whole ploy about taking the children away because uh, Marie's just kind of like, hey, like crazy idea, why don't we take the kids for a couple of days and you know let you two sort things out and kind of. Walt sort of cottons onto this idea a little bit and it's just kind of like, like, hmm, was this your idea or was this Skylar's idea? So uh, kind of she says that. I might just cap it there because I feel like the next scene we should talk about separately, even though you can kind of lump this bit into the next one. But do you have anything to add on Jesse and Lydia and just kind of this intro scene to what we're about to get? I feel like I'm going to have to become the the Lydia defender on this. This you show will, because, uh, yeah, I I really like the character, I'm, and I know she's designed to be annoying. So I, I think the majority of people watching the show don't like Lydia. Um, but you know, I just I, I there's just something about that kind of um, uh, uh, 
that oh, what's what's the right word for it she's just like pain this kind of arm. like yeah well it is <laughs> like there is something about her being a pain in the ass and, and 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 just being this kind of you know like all over the place type of character that i actually really like um and i think it kind of just it makes you realize you know like, especially when she's acting against somebody like jesse who's pretty laid back um you know it just makes you like characters like jesse a whole lot more i think so yeah i i, I really like her and you know she's got um, big ambitions but she's also like terrified of actually doing them yeah <laughs> So, so yeah, I, I really like it. Um, yeah, I think that the scene around the the table is is functional. It's there, you know. Like I think it's fine that the lines are all well delivered, but um, I think it's the thing that has to be there if you're going to have a scene where Skylar, you know, plunges into a pool and and kind of you know it has to be dragged out. You have to have the follow up scene, which is them reacting to it. So I think it's there's nothing more about that scene really. It, it, it's just there. Yeah, I will and say it's not again, necessarily a knock. It, it is. It yeah. is just the thing you have to have. And, and in all fairness, too, I will say just with Lydia, like again, I can't fault Laura Fraser. I mean, she sells this character so well, and like she, she, like she makes it to the point where I'm annoyed by her. Like it's kind of it, and it's nothing to do with Laura Fraser. Like she's brilliant, and like this is the thing you need in in TV shows and movies. You need to have unlikable, annoying characters, and if you can act and make them unlikable and annoying, you're doing your job. So I have nothing but praise for Laura Fraser in this role because I think she's brilliant. Yeah, she's doing it. She's doing her job. Um, I'm just on her IMDb page, and um, I'm sure she'll be pleased to know she features on a list of um, Scottish beautiful, famous, and sexy actresses. Oh, okay. So, Who else is go. on that list, Nick? Um, is Billy Connolly on that list? <laughs> well, he's not an actress, is he? Well... Or- did you um, define? Darryl, did you Darryl assume Hannah? his gender? <laughs> Daryl Hannah, I didn't realise was Scottish. Okay. Um, Shirley I Manson think... on that list. I know Shirley Manson only ever acted in like one thing, but she was pretty good in Terminator: Sarah Connor Chronicles. Um, yep, she's on there. Um, well, there you go. Look at that. Perfect. Yep. Um, I'm just trying to find anybody else that we might actually know. Um, yeah, there's this... not... Lulu Jones is wealth. Lulu, she's acted. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> Really? Um, somebody from Harry Potter, but I don't recognize who she is. Um, huh. Yeah. Uh, Karen Gillan. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, so there's a couple on there. There's not a heap that I recognize. I know there. we found a, a list, I think, I don't know if it was on an Oz Network or 007 episode, and we found a, um, it was like top 50 Irish actors of all time by like the Irish Times or, you know, one of these things. And like number one was some like, screen glamour queen from like the 40s or the 50s i think she was in a lot of hitchcock movies but like we got really offended because i think they had pierce brosnan at like 18 and I'm like fuck you like why is he only 18 he's a top 10 actor in ireland come on but i think yeah like liam neeson ahead of him and um i think daniel Day Lewis is irish yeah. Yeah. yeah um so there was a couple on there we like okay like daniel Day lewis has like three oscars so i mean you know can't say he's not a good actor whereas pierce yet to win his so you know, well, I'm sure. I'm sure the uh, the the beautiful, famous, and sexy actors for Scottish <laughs> Scotland would have you and McGregor as number one, right? So, oh, hands um, down. And what's his yeah. name? The the Madden guy. What's his face? Oh yeah, yeah Richard Madden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Richard Madden. I I always forget his name. Our <laughs> next James Bond. Surely by the time this is released, has he been announced? I don't know. Uh this next scene is like. I mean, look. I've already said I've got three markdown for top five. Two. I'm like, yeah, probably not. Um, come on, bonfire. But I mean, again, this season is going to be stacked. So again, this probably wouldn't. But on any other season, this scene's epic. I love this kind of Walt sort of comes into the bedroom and is just sort of you know says to Skylar that like, hey, like the kids are off. Uh, you've got your wish. Um. I know you're awake. Uh, and then they just have this amazing conversation where Skylar bas- basically lets go and says that she's, like, terrified and that, you know, I um, don't want my kids around, like, uh, murderers and meth dealers and kind of it goes back to that point where you said, uh, was it last week, about how, you know, if you're looking at this from Skylar's perspective, you can understand why she's like this because she kind of even says, like, oh, you know, like, a couple of days ago or a couple of weeks ago, we had like people coming here wanting to murder us. And now you're saying it's okay. And could have Walt mentions that great line of like, Fring was the danger and now he's gone. And I love kind of Scar's reaction. I thought you were the danger. Like it's, Oh, it's so good. And then I just, I just love the way she kind of just like, and again, I don't know if people just hate on Skylar for doing this, but I'm, I'm weirdly on board with Skylar. I think she's like got every right to say this sort of stuff because she's so trapped and she's basically like, well, I'll hurt myself. Like I will, I will hurt myself more. I'll, I'll do this to get the kids away from you. And Walt's got an answer for everything. He's like, well, if you do that, I'll, I'll commit you. 
And then she's like, well, okay, then, well, I'll, you know, maybe I'll get a bruise on my neck. Maybe I'll have a black eye and maybe I'll say that you're hitting me. And then he's just basically like, well, what are you going to tell Walt Jr.? That, you know, that his dad's a, you know, a, a wife beater? Like, you know, what else have you got? Are you going to go to the cops to talk about the Ted situation? What else you got? And then she's just basically, like, going on about how, like, oh, I'll send him to boarding school and I'll every minute that they're out of the house is a win. And then Walt just basically again says, like, oh, it's unrealistic. It's his last year of high school. He's never going to buy that. How are you going to sell that? What else you got? Um, and then I just love Skylar's reaction here where she's just basically like, I don't know. I'm doing my best here. I can't think of anything. I'm not clearly as good as coming up with plans as you are. Um, and then that I just like Walt has just got, you think he's just won this battle. Like Walt's kicking her ass essentially because he's just turning full on Heisenberg here. And then just this epic like ending to this. And I always forget that this is how it ends. And it's so freaking brutal and powerful. And Skylar's just basically like, uh, I'm a coward. I can't do anything. I just have to wait. And then Walt's like, what are you waiting for? She's just like, for the cancer to come back. It's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> it's like, wow. And I always actually, then when I remember this, I think it's the end of the episode. I'm like, I think that's the fade to black moment of like, boom, you know, written and created by Vince Gilligan. Like, holy fuck. Like, that is just brutal as all heck. And it's kind of one of those, again, moments where you kind of forget that he's got cancer. You got a bit of it in this episode already, but it's just like, wow, that is cold. Um, but, ah, talk about acting. This is just epic. It's amazing. And just, again, we're only four episodes into this season and we've got so many more great moments to cover this season. It's it's crazy. Well, I think also the the directing as well um, in terms of the way the camera moves. And I think, you know, it's it's quite an active scene of them kind of pacing around, the, you know, the bedroom in the early parts of it. And it's not until that kind of final interaction between them that it's actually, you know, you've got kind of, at, at the beginning, you've kind of got, well, kind of close in and 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 when when the, the the kind of cameras on walt you do feel quite claustrophobic like he's in skylar's face the way they actually kind of you know yeah. frame that shot up which is which is really effective and they don't lock the camera off it kind of moves around which is really cool um kind of gives that sense of kind of the, the frantic action that's going on there and then you know it kind of follows them around the room and it's not until we kind of get to that final interaction there that actually it kind of locks in and it locks in with walt in the, the power position right where it's the, the camera's below him looking up which is always that kind of power position and, and obviously vice versa with um with Skylar and I think probably that that line about the you know the cancer coming back is really important because obviously you know in real time the fans of the show you know in that first episode of the season saw Walt coughing with medication you know looking really you know skinny and bedraggled and so that that doesn't necessarily mean the cancer's back um he might there might be something else going on, but I think probably most people are putting two and two together that they've got the scene that's a, you know a year and you know, now they know it's a year in the future. They can see Walt in the state where he's coughing on medication. You know, like they're putting two and two together at this point, and you could say, well, actually, we know as an audience that that actually maybe the cancer has come back. You know, so I think it's quite powerful from when you think about the information that the audience actually has at this point in the season as well. So, yeah, I think all those things make it really, really good. Um, yeah, I think it's, um, you know, great acting, great directing. Um, yeah, I, I, I think it is. But well, from my perspective, it's the best scene in the episode by far. Mm. Um, I think it's it's um, really really powerful. Um, and yeah, I think as good as Brian Cranston is in this, I think Anna Gunn is better. You know, oh, Anna Gunn is, God, the, is yes. the absolute star of the, this particular scene. Um, whole yeah, episode. I, 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 yeah, I absolutely love it. Yeah. No. I just and just again, I think I feel the Skylar hate isn't as strong as it was in those early seasons for some people, but like. I just I just never get it. I just don't understand it. And this when she's this goddamn good. And like again, you can just understand I get it. Walt's the hero. Walt's the guy we're all cheering for, even though he's literally the villain at this point. But like I get it. Yeah. We've been on that journey. But like just she's just like you gotta feel for her. You you can't help but feel for this woman. I think the thing that we've talked about is around timing 
makes it difficult is that I think, you know, from an audience, they're thinking, well, that stuff with Fring happened six months ago or a year ago and, and yeah. the time that they're watching the show. And I think actually when, if you can think about the timelines that actually she's reacting to, you know, a week ago, she was under, you know, police custody at Hank and Marie's house. And and I think when you put it into the, that context, I think her reaction makes a whole lot more sense. I don't think yeah. you see her as annoying or difficult when you when you do it from that perspective. I think she's in this helpless position and, you know, she, there is literally nothing she can do and, and, you know, her concern is for her children. And and I think from that perspective, it's, it's incredibly hard not to feel for her um, when you kind of put it into that context. If you're like binging it and kind of watching this all in one go, it's obviously, yeah, yeah a little bit, but that's a good point. Um, Walt wakes up the next morning, shaving his head, bit of blood, eating breakfast by himself. Um, two great in one episode. Like, great little shot too. Yeah. Like, of, of the kind of like the shaving the head, like the it's, real close up um, and seeing that kind of rivulet of blood drop down is, is really cool. It reminds me, and it's, it's weird how uh, Friends reference, there we go, I haven't brought it up, but like um, I, I seem to mention Dexter a lot and um, – Dexter's, if you've ever even at least just seen the opening credits of Dexter, uh, Dexter had like a really cool opening credits where they had like super zoom in close ups of like him like chopping up bacon and like brushing his teeth and flossing. And it was like really like super zoom. It's really cool. If you've never watched it, I thoroughly recommend looking up on YouTube. There's very unique opening credits. And it kind of reminds me of like the opening credits of Dexy. You got this like super zoom in. You're literally seeing the the black hair follicles on his head, and and the you know you can just see like the little holes and bubbles of the shaving cream, and like it's just it, it is. It's a great shot. I love real like high definition super zooms of things. Like it's really cool, and you can kind of see it's almost like under a microscope or something like that. Um, but I kind of just I even like this sort of moment. You just got to Walt sitting in his table and his bowl of Cheerios and just kind of all alone for, for the morning and um, basically a call from Jesse. He's got to go in. I love that really long shot then of him just all alone and the way it's framed of him at the table. Like, it's really, really cool. Uh, this is where Jesse's obviously saying that, like, shit, we're being monitored by the DA, like, they're all the cops. Like, there's a there's a tracker on the barrel. And I, I kind of like Mike here. Just Mike, the cop. Like, Mike's just like, eh, this just doesn't feel right. Like, even for cops, this is sloppy. Uh, and then, you know, why wouldn't they just put it in the barrel? And Jesse's kind of like, oh, we'll get wet. He's like, well, we put these under cars, like, and it gets wet. Like, what are you talking about? And Mike's just kind of like, well, did you discover this or did or did Lydia? And uh, Jesse's like, oh, no, Lydia did. And she's like, I'm going to kill her. <laughs> <laughs> and basically, uh, we then find out that Lydia's done this deliberately to get out of doing this um, and that uh, Mike's going to kill her because, you know, it's just a problem that they can't deal with. Jesse's like, no, we need her. Like, methylamine, it's so difficult to come by. Uh, and then Jesse kind of does a whole, let's have a vote. You know, what are we going to do? And Walt's essentially like, no, the supply doesn't stop. We're going to keep going. We're only getting started. And I, I love that kind of real, like, evil kind of zoom in from beneath him. You kind of get a close-up of him playing with a thread and they kind of like zoom up on his face and you're just kind of like, no, we're just getting started. Like it's a cool shot. Um, and then a nice little scene between Jesse and Walt outside. Um, Jesse sort of said, thanks him. Thanks Walt for, you know, Hey, like, thanks for having my back. And like, Hey, I heard it's your birthday. I, I got you this and gets him a pretty bloody nice watch. Um, and, uh, I love how he's like, oh, the receipt's in the box if you want to return it. Um, which look, I, I want to be a watch guy. I've had the same watch since I was 21. Uh, cause that was my 21st present from my parents. And it's kind of, it's, it's done the job. It's always worked. Probably say that now. So we're going to break down on me tomorrow and never work. So I've had that now for 13, 14 years, but like, I like watches. I like a good watch. And like, I always, whenever I go past a jewelry store, I, I look at the watches and I'm like, yeah, I could be a watch guy. But then I also like kind of am very tied to my watch. I don't really want to change it every five minutes. So I don't know if you're a watch person, just random rant by Ben. Dubstep and watches. Look at Ben go. But um, yeah, it's a nice little scene. I kind of like the little scene with Jesse giving him a birthday present. Not a lot of Jesse this episode, but memorable Jesse, I'd say. Like, you know, I'm the guy and he's a watch. You know, it's, it's not bad Jesse stuff. It's just, it's little Jesse. I kind of like how Walt's a bit taken aback. He doesn't say thank you because yeah. he's so like kind of surprised by it. So yeah, and no, I think it's quite good. And I, I love this kind of the, the interaction between Mike and Jesse that they're having this full on argument. It's almost like they forget Walt's there. And then, you know, when it kind of comes around to him, you kind of, yeah, the, the zoom in's really cool. I, I do like that. And that obviously that famous line of nothing stops this train, um, mm. which, you know, is a nice little foreshadowing to what happens in the next episode, of course. Um, so yeah, that's really good. Um, did you happen to notice what was, uh, what was on the wall behind? 
behind behind Walt during that speech, given it was I, a Ron Johnson episode. Uh, hang on, let me. No, I didn't. Uh, but shall I look? Uh, oh, flies! There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Never noticed that before. Wow! <laughs> you, you, you can't tell me that that's not a uh, that, that wasn't deliberate. Sewage manure. I thought you were about to say there's a broom kid or like a poster of Mary Poppins <laughs> or something like that or a casino. Um, wow. Okay. I've never noticed that before. Sewage manure, compost, and garbage. Black soldier fly. Um, does he have a thing for flies? Like, what I don't is know. Um, yeah, that's that's interesting. Um, and then, like, I, I sort of mentioned before that I thought, like, that sort of waiting for the cancer to come back, I thought that was a close, And it would have been a great closing to the episode. But having said that, I like this scene and I like the I like the final scene because I kind of just like Walt coming home and just sort of saying, like, hey, the kids are, you know, uh, still at uh, Hank and Marie's. They're watching Ratatouille. Um, cool. Uh, and then Scott's just sitting there chowing down on a pack of smokes. Um, and then I just – I love this moment when Walt kind of just – walks off and then he just kind of comes back and he's like, see this birthday present got today. You know, it's a nice watch. Like person who gave this to me, he wanted me dead once. Like he had a gun in between my eyes and he basically forgave me. So like, you know, like you're going to as well, essentially, which I, I just, I just really like that moment. It's just kind of like, it's, it, and it's like, it's, it's a good point to make because we did have Jesse. What was it? The season, what, five episodes ago, six episodes ago, with a gun to his head and now he's giving him a watch. Um, and I like, you talk about kind of how, you know, you like that moment where sort of Walt's almost taken aback. I love this moment where he's kind of like in bed and he's looking over it. It's almost to say like, yeah, like that's, that's nice. And like, it is weird that way. I think we've all received presents from someone like where you're kind of shocked you're getting a present from them and you're kind of actually taken aback by like, this actually got a bit of thought behind it. And yeah. Okay, like I, I'm down with that. Should also mention we get Walt in his tidy whities It's been a while, so uh, there you go. Um, he's not grabbing himself this time, which is a bit sad. Um, but um, it would have been awkward. Right here. I was going to say it'd be awkward in the same episode with Walter Junior's sex face. All of a sudden, we've got him going like, "And you want your sex face right here?" Um, but I do like this kind of moment where he sort of looks over at the watch, turns the light off, and then we get this like tick, 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 and like zoom in, zoom in, zoom in on the hands. It's like, oh, ticking, ticking, clock, clock. What's that going to mean? Um, just I could imagine if we were doing this like live, if we were coming on straight after this episode, it's the Oz Network after show. It's like what we used to do in Survivor. Like, let's just go. Like, we'd be like debating, oh, what's this mean? Ticking clock. Like, oh, something's going to happen soon, isn't it? Like, it's, oh, it's cool. Like, it's just. There's nothing bad in this episode. This is such a great episode. And, and I think there's a lot of symbolism too in terms of, you know, obviously the watch goes down on the Leaves of Grass book and then, you know, the, the, the ticking of time and, you know, like as time's running out and and, and even like I, I do love the little touch of, you know, um, the, the coffee mug that Skylar's got us from Area 51 and the episode's called 51 and obviously Area 51's a very New Mexico thing. So kind of all, all fits, um, you know, like thematically. Um, so, yeah, I do love it. It's just some kind of nice little touches here, I think, and, you know, real, real trivia type stuff, but it is it is really fun. Um, so, yeah, I think it's quite, a, you know, it's a, it's a good way to end the episode. You know, it started in this very bombastic way and finishes in a very, you know, kind of, um, kind of, quiet way but um yeah i think it, it, it's effective it's um apparently the watch is a tag hoyer monaco uh made famous by steve mcqueen in the movie le mans uh which uh they relate to steve mcqueen dying of a rare inoperable lung cancer so uh there you go that's interesting um i love the trivia here sol goodman does not appear in this episode thanks uh <laughs> glad glad you could do that um I love, Walt says that Marie and Hank are watching Ratatouille. Somewhat humorously, the film is based on the irony of a rat becoming a chef. This, along with the character Gusteau's famous motto in the film, anyone can cook, can be seen as poking fun at Walt's uncharacteristic decision to cook meth in pilot. Also, there's a Gusteau, Gus element to the reference. Okay. Um, Bit of a yeah. yeah, I know, right? That's, that, that to me is a... Back in the Lostpedia days, when like you'd have debates between fans, like they'd be writing like a reference under a reference, and then another fan would be like, "Well, no, that's incorrect." Oh, yes, it's correct, and they'd be having these, they'd leave it on the page. It's like, what the hell's the point of that? Um, yeah, I'm just trying to see anything else here to add in terms of trivia or production. Uh, we don't often go over the songs, but uh, just download Bonfire by Knife Party. That's all you need to do, right? Like that's that's the only song you need. That's your ringtone, Nick. 
I can imagine. <laughs> your ringtone is bonfire and your text tone is shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. <laughs> um, does that not remind you? We didn't even bring this up last week. Go on referencing the friends. It's got to be the whole, you know, pivot, pivot, pit up. Shut up, shut up, shut up. <laughs> well, who does it better, Chandler or Skylar? <laughs> I, think, I think Chandler. Yeah. <laughs> now, um, I'll just jump in and say I'm obviously buying this episode. Uh, big buy from me. Uh, the Ringer has this ranked at 30, so pretty much the halfway point. A solid ranking, I would say. I've got this ranked uh, at 22. Uh, out of 50, so I've got this just below ABQ and just above Sunset. So uh, I really like this episode. I just I think it's like three potential top five moments on any regular season of Breaking Bad. They're solid for the, particularly the the I can't wait for the cancer to come back line. Screw you, everybody. Bonfire is amazing. Um, and Skylar going into the pool. Well done, Ryan Johnson. You've made me like you for 42 minutes. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Um, which I'm going to throw over to you now because I'm I'm intrigued now. Do we get 15 in a row buys, Nick? Do we get ever closer to this magical Oz Network streak or are you going to break your own streak and not get to possibly? Because you can't break it now, basically, because, what, we've only got 12 episodes to go. So uh, if, you, if all of a sudden you start renting it, you're not going to be breaking that record for this show. Well, I mean, it was... Probably a harder one than than you think. Um, and initially, like when I switched this off, and it was like open up a little spreadsheet in terms of where everything's at, and I chuck this down as a rent because I just, it just was pretty like it's fine. It, you know, like it, it, it's not that great. But I think when you rewatch it, and you and I think there's just a couple of kind of killer scenes in there that are just you know, they're so good. Um, and and then I start looking. Okay, so if I am going to buy it, where am I going to put it on my list? And and then I start going. Well, actually, I like it better than that episode, and that episode, and that episode. And um, it's funny you bring up the ringer because I've got it at thirty. Um, oh. um, and and you know it's going to go down. Let's be honest, it's going to get bumped down a few. Um, you know, in the next in the next few episodes. Um, so so that's kind of where I've got it. It's kind of like, yeah, it, I, I don't love it. Uh, but it, but it is a good episode, and I thought you know like, quite frankly, I couldn't buy last week's episode and the week before that and not buy this episode. You know, I think I think they're all of quite a similar quality, and I think um, this season has been quite um, consistent, I suppose. And for me, like I've got them all kind of grouped around the same type of area, and that that won't last. Like things are going to get better because we are really in this kind of to me we're in this building phase, and I think next week is one of those episodes that you know the action picks up. And I've, I've certainly, as I've already said, I've got some problems with next week's episode, which I'm looking forward to talking about. But um, the ending of next week's episode is a very famous scene. Um, but I think in order for that stuff to pay off, you do need to do a bit of kind of build up. And we needed to build, you know, from the you know, Gus being killed through to the point we're at now, which I think is, you know, we've got enough tension, we've got enough going on that we can start to kind of take off and, and see where we go next. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a good episode. Um, I don't think it's a killer episode, um, but, it's, you know, it's definitely good enough to buy. So, yeah, the, the streak continues. I'm I'm so on edge with how this is going to happen, Nick, because uh, you're at 15 in a row now. The record is 18. So looking, we've got four to go in terms of the first half of this season and just reminding people that we are just continuing on with making all of this season five. But, uh, yeah, a lot hinges on maybe next week if you've got some issues with it because I'm, I'm thinking episode eight, Gliding All Over, the one that you probably uh, – that would break the record. I'm assuming you'd buy that one. That's a pretty famous episode. Um, say My Name pretty famous particularly for one moment in that one at least um and then you've got buy up uh for that one so lots hinging on this nick i don't know if you're just gonna if you're gonna look at this kind of and think to yourself oh do i want to break a record or am i just going to be completely honest with myself and go oh you know i've got to break the streak eventually maybe so but maybe you're also living on to 100 percent. you want to be ben waterworth in season four and think (laughs) can you go 16 episodes this season of buying everything so which is which is really funny because like um, I mean I'm always going to call it down the middle as I see it you know I'm never really one to just you know give something to buy just because I want to get a record it's not really my style but um, I remember like when this first came out and and being in the job I was in at the time and there was I had a workmate who was like you know really into Breaking Bad and we talked about it and I was like ah oh, you know I think that the show peaks at season four you know I think that season four is the best and then season five is good but not as good as four and she would be like no 
season five's the best. Like it wasn't even a conversation. It was like, that's what she thought. And that was the end of the conversation. And I always remembered that because like, you know, kind of coming backwards and forwards. And I think potentially, I mean, we've got a lot to go. I think some of maybe the best episodes of the show are in season five, but I think as a product, I still think season four is maybe going to be my number one. And I mean, we'll, we'll talk about that when we get there, but I do think that, you know, um, episode by episode, this, you know, like it, it's it's possible that I might end up buying them all because I think as a product, as individual episodes, they're all they're, none of them are bad. You know, like there hasn't mm. been anything that's made me go, oh, I hate this. So, um, so yeah, I think you know, it's 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 possible, definitely possible. I'm fascinated. I'm very fascinated. And next week, uh, yeah, Dead Freight, which um, you talk about the end scene being very famous. It's got one of my favourite scenes in all of Breaking Bad. The train heist is next week. I love the train heist. And uh, saying it right now, top five, come on, train heist got to be top five, even though it's a very long sequence. Um, but And this is, I feel, um, I think this is up there with Magnet is something that I've often seen people hate on the train sequence because they're like, it's so unbelievable. It's so stupid. Like, this isn't Breaking Bad. This is something completely ridiculous. And, like, I don't know. I just, I've always loved it. I just think it's it's batshit crazy. It is a bit dumb, but at the same time, like, it's it's tense. I remember watching this for the first time, like, going, fuck, like, are they going to get, how are they going to get away with this? Um, and, and it, it, look, it is up there with the magnet where it's maybe a tad unbelievable for a very usually believable show. But, um, again, we've kind of dispelled that a little bit with some of the, what goes on in this show as well. But, um, yeah, come, think, uh, come for the yeah, train yeah. heist next week, Nick. Yeah, and I, I think for me, I, I think... Um, I very clearly remember watching that episode for the first time and the tension in that yeah. last that last kind of 10 minutes or whatever it is of the episode is is super high. Like you were, it is one of those literally on the edge of your seats type of moments and um, maybe it doesn't hold up quite so well when you've seen it, when you're watching it back, you know, a second time when it's not that kind of that first initial viewing where you're like, oh my God, what's going to happen? Because being Breaking Bad, anything could happen. Um, but I, it's still a very well directed, very well, cut together scene that kind of you know the, the tension's incredibly high on it you know um so yeah it's it's gonna be a lot of fun to talk that one through i think yeah for sure for sure in the meantime if you want to catch up on any of these episodes they're all available oznetwork.net or facebook twitter instagram subscribe and all the podcast channels you hear all that sort of goodies at the end patreon as well sign up support the show listen to other episodes and uh get involved because we've got plenty more to come not only on breaking bad but with everything else as well and listen to our sister shows because they're good as well some of them get nominated for awards so you should listen to those um, this show doesn't get nominated for awards. There's a reason behind that. But anyway, uh, we'll be back next week with Dead Freight. My name is Ben, and now you're being sexist. My name's Nick, and uh, you drive like a geezer. Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast by Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks again for listening and we'll speak to you next time. like exclusive stuff yes sir do you like having access to your favorite podcast hosts in a way like never before yeah absolutely do you wish you had access to our old survivor oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online oh yeah if you answered yes to one two or all of those questions then get excited because the oz network is now on patreon That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. (laughs)